everybody. Welcome back to the DK Steelers podcast. I'm your host, Chris Carter, and today we're joined by our Steve co-host, friend, Dale Lolly here on the show. Dale, how was the trip to Tennessee? How are you doing, my man? Well, I'm still in Tennessee, so, <laughs> you know. <laughs> there is we'll that factor. We'll eventually get back. Dale, I got to ask the question. Um, talking about the Steelers and the Six, and it's on everybody's mind. There's a lot of people who are questioning, still questioning the legitimacy of the win on a, against an undefeated team on the road against, you know, you know, everything else, but they still, they gave the, they almost gave up the lead after all the troubles that they had. What was your reaction just to how the, the rest of this game played out? A win is a win in the NFL. I've, I've been doing this way too long, Chris, to, uh, to discount a win, especially in the, against the Titans in Nashville. I've seen much better, you know, very good uh, Steelers teams come down here and lose these games to not very good Titans team. Um, you know, this is a, a Tennessee Titans team that was in the uh, AFC Championship game last year. They're a good football team. They were 5-0. and um, There's nothing wrong with that win. That, that's what I'm saying, man. I, I said this on Wesley Euler's show um, on, on ESPN Pittsburgh. I've been saying it, you know, for, for weeks. You know, a win is a win. But a win on the road against an, a 5-0 and opponent that, you know, has who's been rocking the same team that knocked out Tom Brady's Patriots last year in the playoffs and Lamar Jackson's Ravens last year in the playoffs, the team that everyone was thinking, oh, man, maybe maybe they're the next up-and-comers. Uh, I, I, I just I don't understand why people are trying to discredit what the Steelers have put together so far. They're 6-0, and Dale! Yeah, they're six and zero, uh, and we'll see. Uh, they'll, they'll play the the, uh, the Ravens this week, and I'm sure if you know if they would happen to lose that game, everybody will say, "See, you see, they weren't any good." If they win the game, then they'll find a reason to uh, discount that one as well. All right, right, and because here's the funny thing, and they'll say, "Oh, well, the Ravens aren't a good team." And it's like, "Whoa, wait, 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 wait a second now. I see what you're doing here because every time the Steelers play somebody, they're obviously not real." West, West, our good friend Wesley Euler from SNR and ESPN Pittsburgh. He put up a very good point on Twitter. The Steelers have officially played more playoff opponents so far than both the Ravens and the Chiefs, and they have a better record. So it's funny to me to see – or teams that would right now, if, if teams were to be in the playoffs, the Steelers have played more teams. It seems funny to me that that's the angle that people are approaching right now. But, again, the Steelers have so many different ways to beat you. Ben Roethlisberger being highly efficient. He, he was early in this game. He wasn't in the second half. They still found a way to win. The defense locking it down, making sure you can't score late. The running game pounding you, pounding you late in this game. There's so many different ways. It's not something that you can just game plan. If we take away this one facet that they do well, we will beat this team. Yeah, I think that's the, that's the thing when you look at the, the way they've played and the way that they've attacked teams. I've, I was asked about, uh, you know, why Chase Claypool wasn't more involved yesterday on my on my uh, live cues and you know that the Titans were taking away the deep ball they weren't going to allow the Steelers to go down the field and so the, the Steelers took the uh, underneath stuff with with Deontay Johnson and, and James uh, or Juju Smith-Schuster and uh, you know they were able to run the ball effectively in this game I know uh, Connor didn't finish with his his best day of the season but he did have a 10 yards erased uh, by a, by an early uh, Roethlisberger just a complete miscue where he tossed the ball backwards to Connor and he lost 10 yards on a carry. But, um, you know, I thought that the offense performed well. Um, you know, you're not going to score on every single trip 
uh, you know, when you have the football. And you're certainly not going to do that when your quarterback turns it over twice in the second half um, in a game that was, there were limited possessions in that football game. I mean, the Steelers went on, you know, 16 and 17 play drives in that game. Uh, that eats up a lot of clock and it limited the possessions. It also limited uh, Tennessee's possessions in that game. It certainly did. Uh, I mean, they only had one yard in the first quarter. Uh, when you lim- And I think that was part of the plan. Take, take control of the game, get the lead early, and then that kind of doesn't take Derrick Henry out of the game. But it means you got to take to the air a little bit more often. I think, it was a, I think it was a really good game plan on their part as far as, you know, how that, how that worked out, playing from ahead and letting their defense, you know, just kind of keep the Titans from catching up to you in the end. Really good stuff from them on, on, on that part. Um, and on Chase Claypool. And correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe I remember Mike Tomlin saying in his press, his post-game press conference that he's okay letting the other team dictate where they're going to go with the football and with their receivers because, like you said, the Titans rolling more help to stop Claypool's deep ball. Okay, fine. We'll hit you underneath with, with Deontay Johnson and Juju Smith-Schuster. Johnson with two touchdowns, Juju Smith-Schuster with 85 yards. Together they combined for, I think, 165 yards. Um, that, that's, that's what makes this offense really good. And right now they're averaging over 30 points per game. Yeah, I mean, they've, they've scored over 25 points in all six of their games this season. That's the first time in team history that they've done that. Uh, so I don't necessarily get the, you know, the overall complaints about the offense. The offense has been fine. The defense has been fine. They're 6-0. I don't understand. Just why can't people enjoy the 6-0 start? I have no idea. I don't know either, buddy. We're going to take a quick break. We come back here. We got to talk about Robert Spillane and what the defense did with him in his first game starting officially. Be right back after this. on the DK Steelers podcast. I'm your host, Chris Carter, my friend and co-host, Dale Lolly. Dale, looking at the snap counts, Robert Spillane played 75% of the defensive snaps. He was the guy that was on first and second down. It seemed like most of the third downs, that's when they brought in Ulysses Gilbert or they tried to get, you know, show the dime and show different packages where they could bring in guys in the middle of the defense. And it seemed to work, though. They still stuffed the run. They still limited the Titans offense that was ranked I think that they were the number two offense coming into this game. I think they're the number four now in scoring after it all played out with the, with you know averages of points per game. But they've been one of the more efficient, one of the most efficient offenses in the NFL this season. And either way, what was your review when that game, when you were going over the game and you thinking back about it, writing your ten thoughts and everything? Just how the Steelers use Spillane and do you how do you think that that play like do you think that that's a, the, the way that they did this time? is a sustainable method for how they can keep the defense going moving forward. No, I think it's going to change from week to week, uh, depending on what the opponent does. Um, You know, there could be times where you see Gilbert get more snaps than Spillane. There could be times when, you know, you you could see Terrell Edmonds be that that, that dime linebacker. It's just going to be largely dependent upon who the the opponent is uh, from week to week and what they like to do. Right, and uh, that's something that the Steelers have said. We're we're willing to, you know, adjust – to what opponents like to do. Spillane made a lot of sense for this game. Derrick Henry is not a big receiver out of the backfield unless it's one of those screens that they catch you behind and then he just explodes uh, because he gets a rushing lane. Um, 
you know, but, you know, maybe it's different when you play a team that uses a scat back sort sort of, sort of you know, a lot more or a team like the Ravens coming up that uses Lamar Jackson in that. And maybe you need more speed on the field. I, I think it's, it, it certainly, it worked week, this week, but we got to see what the Steelers do moving forward. You saw a lot of Cam Sutton in there, Mike Hilton, Got to see if when he comes back for the Steelers, because you assume with him back on the field, you know, maybe you don't see Justin Lane as much, who did play 12 snaps in this game. And I, I didn't notice him being a liability for the Steelers defense. No, they were they were using uh, Steven Nelson to slide inside, uh, you know, to the slot to, to kind of replace Sutton uh, as the extra defensive back. Lane came in to replace Sutton, essentially, but they would they would bump uh Steven Nelson inside to uh, to the nickel or dime spot uh, slot corner. So, you know, I, I thought Lane did well. I thought the entire defense played pretty well against one of the more explosive offenses in the league. I agree. I mean, you, they covered a lot of different things there. You know, you had AJ Brown break off a big play, but he's AJ Brown. You know, he was one of the he was one of my favorite receivers out of um, out of college last year. And uh, you know, now that he's back healthy, you, you see how explosive he was. Uh, and just catching that ball, hitting the slant, and then just hitting the one seam and no one being able to catch him once he's in stride. Um, and then you still got other threats like Jonu Smith, who, I mean, they really pretty much limited in this game. And he, he had been taking, you know, he'd been ripping teams apart over the past few weeks. Yeah, I thought they did a nice job on the tight ends, and they've done a nice job on the tight ends all season long. I think you can credit the Terrell Edmonds for a lot of that. He's been really good this year. I know a lot of people won't want to admit that. Uh, but it's okay. You can admit you were wrong about the kid. Well, that's where I wanted to go next was because Terrell Edmonds had two big pass breakups in this game. He had pressure. He had, I think he had a tackle for loss. Um, the, the first one came on a third down playing in the middle of the defense. And one of those third down plays where we've seen the Steelers give up and then everyone's like, oh, my God, how could they give that up? But he jumped the pass, knocked it away, forced a, a punt. I believe it was on the first – the Titans' first drive of the second half. And then – uh, on the it, on the drive that in the goal line that ended up being a touchdown, Edmonds jumped a pass and knocked it away uh, in the red zone. I believe it was target was Johnny Smith. Might have been someone else, but he he's looking, continuing to look solid. No team is able. I, I haven't seen a team being able to say, "Hey, we're picking on Terrell Edmonds and getting a bunch of yards or points by going after him in the Steelers defense." No, I think he's been pretty good. But of course, you know, the first time that he gets beaten for a touchdown, it'll the uh, everybody's going to be on back on his. Uh, on his back again saying, oh, you see, I told you he stinks. Like, because nobody ever is allowed to give up a touchdown in the league, I guess. Right, especially in, the, in a year where offenses are putting up unprecedented points all over the place um, across the board. Um, and even so, the Steelers' defense still ranking among the top, the top groups in, yeah, the, in the country. Uh, they didn't even force a turnover in this game, but they committed one of those best, one of those best, um, one of the best offenses in the league to just 20, 20, uh, 24 points in this game. They're still giving up less than 20 points per game. Uh, that puts them at, I believe, seventh in the league right now. That might change after tonight. So we got to see about the we, – we are officially recording this on Monday night before Monday night football. Um, but – and two of those teams above them are playing in the Rams and the Bears. But, uh, but either way, I think this defense has a lot of things figured out, Dale. Yeah, and I still think that they can play a lot better than what they have. Um, There's still, they're still more there. Um, you know, we haven't seen – we've seen Cam Hayward be disruptive, uh, but we haven't seen Cam Hayward, uh, you know, getting the quarterback with quite the frequency that he did in the past. I don't know whether that's uh, – could be because other guys are getting there first. Um, it always seems to be a race to the quarterback every time the ball snapped. 
it, it really seems that way a lot of it's, it's who can get there the fastest um we've seen and we've seen a lot of double teams there was a play where I saw Cam Hayward uh TJ Watt and there was one more guy who was double I think it was Cam Hayward Stephon to it and 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 TJ Watt all double teamed by the Titans offense offensive line on a run play and it still went for no yards because Vince Williams went in there and knifed the play out but I think that's the point here is that the Steelers they have a lot of different ways to beat you on defense and offense. It's not just the edge rushers. It's the interior rushers. It's the linebackers behind them. It's the coverage guys that are backing all of them up right now. Um, and, 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 you're, and you're right. You know, Hayward hasn't even really gone off yet this season. We saw this a little bit last year where uh, Stephon too was on fire early. And then after his injury, uh, Cam Hayward found himself. Hayward only has a, a, a one and a half sacks of the season, two it with four. T.J. Watt leads the team with five and a half. Bud Free right behind him with five. Um, I think you're absolutely right. This team hasn't, this defense hasn't even hit its stride yet. Um, and that stride may come soon. And it's coming up against the big tents against the test against the Baltimore Ravens uh, this weekend. Yeah, it should be a great game. And, and, you know, you, the Ravens uh, aren't as good on up front as they were last year. Uh, they still haven't uh, figured out how to replace Marshall Yonda. Uh, they had their bye week Maybe they'll f- figure that out during their bye week but uh, should be a great game. Should be a great game indeed. Right now, they are the number one rushing offense in the NFL. They're averaging 164 uh, yards per game on the ground. But on the flip side, they are ranked next to last in the NFL in passing yards per game. The only team behind them, the New York Jets, of course, the Jets. Um, but, uh, but so a lot of great things. We'll be doing more previews of that on the show this week. Dale, thanks so much for coming on the DK Steelers podcast. As always, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, which don't get me started. Welcome back to the DK Steelers podcast. I'm Chris Carter, and you're listening to Don't Get Me Started. Don't get me started when y'all won't give Randy Feetner his props. This is Don't Get Me Started, the rant segment of the DK Steelers podcast. Guys, guys. I did it again. I did this weeks ago, and I tweeted about it. I think it was after the Broncos game. I think it was after the Broncos game. But I, I tweeted out something to the effect of, uh, you know, this Steelers offense is putting up points, and I think it just goes to show Randy Feekner wasn't the biggest reason why the Steelers weren't putting up point last last year. And people were like, oh, well, it's Matt Canada. He's here as a quarterback coach, da 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 and I was like, yeah, I mean, he's here, but he's still not calling the plays. It's still Randy Feekner with his playbook, and it's still him calling the shots on the sideline. And Matt Canada may be more involved. And, yeah, sure, it probably helps to have a quarterback coach come in there to help and help you evaluate something so you can continue to look at the big picture. That's kind of how the Steelers operate is they don't, they don't micromanage. They let everyone have a role. But it's still Randy Feekner's offense. And I, I brought this up weeks before the show, and so I'm not going to completely rehash what my point was back then. My point was you know, when, a, when, a, when a room is made of coordinators and coaches, each position coach on both sides of the ball, they work with their team, with, with their units, and they say, okay, this is what my unit does best. 
they know most of the plays in the playbook, but then they'll also say, hey, what if we include these types of wrinkles into the game? Because this is what I see out of my guys that they're very good at. And then that coordinator tries to put it all together. That's why they're coordinator. They coordinate the best aspects of the players on the on their unit. And sure, Matt Canada, since he's joined the team, the Steelers offense has included more motions, more jet sweeps. So that's absolutely part of the wrinkles he brings. But it's still Randy Feetner deciding when to call them. And guess what? The Steelers are averaging more than 30 points per game right now. What was the threshold that Ben Roethlisberger and Todd Haley said they wanted to get? And I think it was like 2016, 30 points per game. Oh, that was 30 points per game. Now, granted, this might this this average could totally drop as the year goes on or whatever. But the offense is putting up points. All I heard last year was that the reason the offense stunk last year was because of Randy Feekner and not because Mason Rudolph couldn't see the, his second read the entire season or because Devlin Hodges was a fourth-string, undrafted rookie quarterback from from you know an FCS school. No, it was all Randy Feekner's fault. And I was saying, how, you, you don't go from being a coordinator of the best red zone offense in football in 2018 to being you know the worst offense in football in 2019 without something crazy happening. And the crazy thing was they lost Ben Roethlisberger. And their backups weren't comparable backups. And I said it all last year, and I said it all offseason, and people were like, no, Randy Fitcher stinks, Randy Fitcher stinks. And I'm sitting here, stop it. You're not showing that you know anything right now. And I, I was really willing to say, hey, the question is open as to f how far Randy Feetner can take this offense this year and what the play calling will be like. And, yeah, there's sometimes I disagree with the call. I think maybe, hey, I wouldn't have ran the ball on that second and ten there. But there's sometimes that draw works. There's sometimes it pops off. And that happens with every offense. There's times that Bill Belichick's offense doesn't work. Look at his offense with Cam Newton. It stinks. I look at this and I see so many reasons to say that Randy Feetner's doing just fine as the offensive coordinator. And that he looks, and that this offense looks efficient. And again, this is an offense without a superstar anymore. They got rid of Antonio Brown. They got rid of Le'Veon Bell. And they found the balance. And that's the other crazy thing was when they were the top red zone offense in the NFL in 2018. That was a year where they were expecting, fully expecting, Le'Veon Bell to return at some point. And that was Randy Feetner's first year. And he had to adjust to not having the guy who had been the best running back in football. That Coming into that season, Le'Veon Bell was averaging the most yards from, from scrimmage per game in NFL history. A guy that lined up in the slot and caught touchdowns. A guy that lined up in the backfield, blocked for Ben Roethlisberger, ran his butt off, and caught the ball at the backfield to, get, to, get, to convert third and 12s easily. And uh, when I look at that, I see so many good things about the about this offense. I see so many good things that Randy Feetner has put together, and you gotta, you got to, you gotta give credit to, um, you gotta give credit to Randy Feetner. I know that you, that some people don't like him. I know that, um, I, I know that I know that, 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 and there are things that are frustrating, but there's frustrating things about every offensive coordinator. There's frustrating things about every coordinator, period. There's going to be play calls you don't like. There's going to be play calls that don't succeed. It's the NFL. Nothing, not everything that's drawn up is, is genius. And sometimes it's genius and it's there and it's not executed right. But right now, he has this offense humming. Yes, they struggled in that second half. 
but there were a lot of crazy things that that were crazy bounces that didn't go their way, like the tipped interception. And even even the third interception where Ben Roethlisberger threw it into the middle field, that's the target you want. And Ben even said, if I get that a little higher, Juju probably catches it and, and gets a touchdown. And it would be a highlight real touchdown that would have put the game away and been great. And Ben just missed it. It, it happens, folks. Come on. Now, I look at this and I see an offense that's that that's still balancing everything that it does. And I think I brought this up yesterday in the podcast. If I didn't, here I go again. They're they're making a point to go to different people to allow um they're, they're making a point to go to different people to actually you know balance the offense to say, "Hey, you may get a guy this week, you may get a guy that week." But ultimately we're going to uh you know, we're we're you know ultimately we're we're going to be able to hit you with all these different options, and then you can't predict where we're going. I talk, that's what I was talking about with Dale earlier in the, earlier in the show. You don't, you know, you can't come into this game and say, hey, if we stop Antonio Brown, they're done. If we stop Le'Veon Bell, they're done. If we stop this defense's edge rushers, they're done. That's not. That, that, that's not how you beat the Steelers anymore. You got to beat the Steelers in so many ways. You got to stop the edge rushers. You got to stop the interior rushers on the offense. You got to stop the ground game. You got to stop James Conner. You got to stop that offensive line. You got to stop Juju Smith Schuster, Chase Claypool, Deontay Johnson, who proved again he's an extreme athlete. You still got to worry about Eric Ebron, who made a huge third and 12 catch. You still got to worry about James Washington, who has looked good this year when actually targeted. So there's so many things, so many things the Steelers offense does well. And you got to give Randy Feekner credit for putting it together. Otherwise, you're just hating, man. And we don't like to do hating. Because when you do, you get me started. And that's Don't Get Me Started here on the DK Steelers podcast. Thanks so much for listening to the show. Really appreciate you all sticking with us and doing all the things. Uh, We're glad to have Dale on the show. We'll have him back again tomorrow to talk some more Steelers football. Um, if you're enjoying the show, please subscribe to DK Podcast Network. Um, we're on Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, anywhere podcasts are hosted. Please, oh please, uh, subscribe to us. Give us five stars. Give us a positive comment with the five stars. Doing so always helps out the show, gets our word out there about what we're doing here, and it's great. Thanks so much for everything that you do. We're we'll back in your ears tomorrow talking more on the DK Steelers podcast um, after Mike Thomas' press conference.